this is Josh Woods. This is the pretty badass, Kelly Klein. This is the Messiah of Pain, Punishment Martinez. This is the T-smashing, jaw-cracking kid from the east side of Cleveland, Ohio, Shane Taylor. This is the voice of Ring of Honor, Bobby Cruz, and you are listening to The Locker Room. It is Monday, December 3rd, 2018, and you are tuned into Season 2, Episode 47 of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by the Roar Network at thegorillaposition.com. Presented by Hameen Media. And of course, now in association with Last Word on ProWrestling.com. On this week's show, we're talking the XFL, the UK, ROH, AEW, and of course the WWE. But before we dive in, it's my obligation to remind you this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world. You can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at Hitting the Marks, email us at Hitting the Marks at gmail.com, and now find us streaming at twitch.tv backslash, you guessed it, Hitting the Marks. Actually, it's just hitting the marks, not you guessed it. It's just twitch.tv backslash hitting the marks. My name is Jargo. I will be your host for the day. But of course, ladies and gentlemen, I can't do the show alone. Please give it up for my tag team partner, Huckleberry number one, RBV. Rick, welcome back to your show and welcome back inside the locker room. It's me. It's me. It's that R and the B of the B. Rick Vickery here. And, and you know, all the, the gimmicky garbage aside, it has been a long and beyond stressful week. Uh, and I just got to say, you know, if it's on the Hitting the Mark Pro Wrestling Podcast or, or here in the locker room is presented by Hobby Media, it's just great to be back on with you, Jarko, uh, and, and get away from a little bit and talk a little pro wrestling. Yes, it's been uh, it's been a very, very long week. It's been a, a very, very long weekend. I'm, I'm dealing with some uh, personal family issues for those of you who are not in the loop. Um, so this will serve as both the hitting the marks pro wrestling podcast, uh, season two, episode 47, as well as your Monday locker room from hacker Hameen, you know, um, my, my grandfather taught me one thing in this life and that is you work hard and you are rewarded for it. And I am 100% completely sure that, uh, he would want me here doing this show for all of you here today. So I am going to give you everything I've got, even though ladies and gentlemen, I literally received this run about 10 minutes ago. So Rick and I, we're going to try to go through this and I'm going to try to get through this show. And, uh, if it sucks, I'm sorry, but you know, that's, it, it is what it is. Um, so Rick, let's, let's go ahead. Let's, uh, you know, now we're doing our own sports show. We're doing our own sports show on Tuesdays at uh, 4 30 PM Eastern standard time over at twitch.tv backslash hitting the marks. And, uh, we, we thought that we would still incorporate just a little bit of sports talk into, uh, this week's show. And no, we're not going to talk about college football. No, we're not going to talk about the NFL. Nobody cares about those worked gimmick sports. Let's talk about some real football. Let's talk about the XFL. 
well. Huckleberry, it seems as though we have gotten our first seven cities announced. I, I do believe this is going to be an eight-team league, right? I think it is. I think I might have missed a city here. I was running through them. Uh, but yeah, like Ed just said, you know, HTM Sports, we launched at our debut episode last week. And just, you know, just a thank you to everybody. Uh, so well received. We had great live viewership, so many playbacks on it, and just tremendous feedback. Uh, very positive all around. Constructive as well, you know, to help us grow forward there. Uh, but out of the gate, a uh, first tremendous showing here. But yeah, as I thought, you know, we, we, we kind of incorporate, you know, the gimmick we used to have here on the show. Talk a little sports and mix it in with the pro wrestling. Of course, the XFL. Uh, eight teams are going to be playing here, but I've, I've got the seven in front of you. Let me find the rest of the list here. That is my mistake. Well, here, uh, but here, I'll run okay, down but, the seven while you're looking here. Uh, the first city that was selected is, it, well, at least this is the first city that I had heard was selected, is the great city of St. Louis. Of course, St. Louis losing the Rams a couple of years ago to those savages out there in beautiful Southern California. I see you. Um, Uncle Mary, what do you think? Uh, pro pro football. I almost said pro wrestling. Pro football coming back to the uh, wonderful city of Arches. I say this. This was the first city to be leaked, uh, and I didn't even actually leak. This was actually the first announcement uh, from coming from Vince McMahon. These others still have. I don't think they've yet to be hard hard confirmed. Uh, but it was actually leaked through the actual teams or the league's website. They accidentally posted those. Uh, so that was a, a little. That's a bad for, sign for the web director. That's oh, you know a what? Bad they, omen. It, it might have been one of those things. Let's put it out there. You know, kind of like a tease when there's a, you know, a raw going on across, you know, across the drink, uh, and they kind of leak it themselves to try to get the excitement. But with St. Louis, uh, I was excited for this one here. I think it's a, an, a tr- tremendous announcement. Great tradition here. Great fans. This gives them a stronghold there in the Midwest. Now I know immediately a lot of people would think, you know, why St. Louis over Chicago? That's your that's your biggest market there, you know, one of the biggest in the country. But we look at some numbers going back to the first time around. You, you learn from your mistakes, and that the team they had there, the franchise in Chicago, absolute disaster. Uh, did not get any support whatsoever. But you got to look at the timing there for spring football. I mean, you've got things that, you know it, it's we're crazy about the Bulls. You got two baseball teams. You got the Blackhawks. They're not going to show any love or support for that thing. And and that was proven through their attendance. Lowest in the league. Worst ratings. Worst merch sales. You know, the Blackhawks ain't getting a whole lot of love inside of the city of Chicago right now either. Because let me jump on my soapbox here for a second. They fired Coach Q. How do you fire Coach Q? Dumb sons of bitches. I hope you lose every fucking game this year. Anyway, continue, Rick. Let's well, say, uh, and then to run down here, we'll, we'll kind of take them out here. I love I love it in St. Louis. That is your hub there for the Midwest. Uh, some other major markets they're returning to here. Obviously, New York. Uh, that was number two in attendance for them last year. I don't think that's any last, surprise. Last, last time around, there's just enough love there in the New York market to well let to, me uh, uh, to make everybody happy. Let me jump back to to St. Louis here, just real quick. The other okay. thing that I think uh, people have to take into consideration right now, I'm sure you can rent the Edward Jones Dome a hell of a lot cheaper than Soldier Field. I'm just saying. Well, I'm, I'm, there wasn't a there wasn't a football field right next to uh, the Sears Center and all in. I couldn't get anything right there. Um, boy, I don't. Was there? 
No, there wasn't anything there. I mean, I, I, I as far as I know, I mean, uh, didn't I believe the first time the first XFL team in Chicago played in Soldier Field, and that's part of the reason the attendance looked horrible. Because I mean, you you know, you pack fifteen thousand people into Soldier Field, the place looks empty. Well, anywhere you're looking across for these teams for attendance, you know, San Francisco, which oddly enough is not getting a team this time around. Uh, they they've chosen you know in the California area to go with Los Angeles, who was fourth. But San Francisco led the league in average attendance, and they were only getting thirty five. Too many snowflakes in San Francisco. Sorry, Louise. Getting thirty five out there that led the league. Yeah, uh, opposed I believe to it. Los Angeles, who's getting a team again at at twenty two. Well, wouldn't your first expansion team, if you're the XFL, I mean, if you're thinking about this thing logically, your first expansion team's going to Oakland, isn't it? Uh, again, you know, you got to look at you know rent out there, your your draw. I mean, you you would think so. I mean, there, there would be a number of areas that you would might want to explore out there. But I mean, well, but I mean, you, you lose the Raiders. It would only make sense that you put another team in Oakland. Well, I mean, you could also go that way with, you know, with San Diego, but there's that was involved around stadium issues as well. Yeah, that's and true. And we do have to remember, you know, what's really surprised me about San Francisco, they have a great working relationship with WWE. And I don't care how much they try to say they're distancing themselves with Alpha and WWE, you know, they're still, they're using those bridges to get business done. Oh, obviously. I think I, I feel like that's been clear. Um, then also on the list, we have Houston, uh, as you mentioned, Los Angeles, New York, Tampa Bay, and Washington, D.C. Um, I, I, I don't think there's any real surprises here, with the exception of there's only one team that's west of the Mississippi River. Or wait, where is St. Louis? Is St. Louis west of the Mississippi? Okay, two teams, one barely. Yeah, I've seen, this is driving me freaking crazy. I can't figure out what team I missed on this damn thing. Oh, the Seattle. <laughs> oh, nope. Seattle. Yeah. Okay, well that would make sense. Okay, that 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 helps cover a little bit of that West Coast market. Okay, Seattle's, Seattle's on there, but Seattle to me also was a little. Uh, that was a surprise pick. It you doesn't surprise me. Market. Yeah, not. But look at the attendance in Seattle. I, those people love football i mean it doesn't matter if it's u-dub or if it's the seahawks the 12th man i mean hell they're even they're, they're going to washington state games out there now no i see msg he was the he was quick to jump all over when he saw seattle announces one of these that he didn't believe and you know, he's there he's a local there that he didn't think that they would be able to support this thing now but if you look at seasonal wise there's not much going on you know the mariners are kind of outclassed in the AL, in the AL West. How about there the Mariners see? sending uh, Robinson Cano over to Bellows Mets? There you go. See, uh, they're already they're already looking like they're not they're going to be you know in that third to last place in contendership. You don't have basketball there anymore. There is no hockey. I mean, they are going to be the only show in town here. I thought they so, were getting a hockey team. I don't think it's going to be there by then. I, I think that's not even that's still. Oh no! I don't, it won't be there by twenty twenty. No. Right, so you're hoping to get yourself established there. Uh, I do worry about that market size, though. I mean, you're looking at—they're only like—they're in the top twenty, but only like seventeen. Well, what market would you have went to other than Seattle? Well, looking out there, I, I thought there could be just as just as big of a pool that has been so hungry and could make the team their own is maybe uh, Portland. Oh yeah, Portland's a good one. Portland's a good one. Salt Lake City would be a good one. 
Yeah, you know, the, and those are cities for a long time. We've heard we want the NFL. We can support it. We, we'll get behind you. We've got the fan base for you. Those are names that we've regularly heard. Uh, and kind of the same, you know, when we ship down here to, to Texas, they're going into the Dallas and Houston markets, which are, you know, two of the biggest markets in the States. They, they got the they got the populace, but there's so much competition. You know, just not football wise, but from the other sports professional sports teams down there. Well, I thought maybe like a San Antonio would have been a better option down there. You know what I really expected them to do was go into college markets. That's really what I expected WWE or Alpha Entertainment, whatever you want to do. When you look at the big college markets, that's where I expected them to go. You know, like even 2020 in Los Angeles, I'll, I'll guarantee you anything. They're using the Coliseum because by that time, the Rams will have moved on to this new ridiculously overpriced stadium that they're building out there. Well, you know, kind of the counter what you're saying there, you're worried about attendance. Then I think it's the worst movie can do is go try to capitalize on playing in those major college stadiums. You know, let's say, you know, if they would put in, you know, a XFL team in Columbus, Ohio, and they got access to the shoe, it's going to look pretty pathetic when you're only getting 15 to 20,000 people and you've got 110,000 people that can fit into that thing. Well, I don't, you game. don't, you don't go to Michigan and you don't go to Ohio state and you don't go to Alabama. You go to like a Tampa Bay and you go against a, a, a UCF. You know, where they have those rabid fan bases that are just fiending for this stuff, which is why I still think that an XFL or a minor league football team of some level like that would do great in Iowa City, Iowa. Here's the difference. Uh, maybe in Iowa where there isn't the, everything else going on, but you get to the places like Central Florida and, all that, and just colleges in general, it's a very different fan base. You know, you, you've got the students only built in there for a limited time, especially where this season's going to run. They're wrapping up the school year. They're getting the hell out of there. See, I think that's what Vince wants, though. He wants a new fan base every four years. I, I just I don't think that you would draw it. And then you have people, they go to college for a little bit, and then they expand out. You want people that will invest long term with a pro with a pro league like this. I'm saying if I was going to put a team in Texas, I would have put it in Austin and not Houston. See, outside of that, and we still don't know where they're actually going to play, what kind of deals are in place there. Yeah, I, but for the Texas things, I, you know, I'm, I'm surprised you don't have like an Austin or a San Antonio. DC you know, surprises me a little bit. Uh, that that one is that if anything that jumps out that screams they shouldn't have a team at all, it's probably DC. And Dal, you're right. Having Dallas and Houston, that's a little odd. Yeah. Well, like, but they're two, they're two of the biggest markets. Even oh, yeah. how close they are to one another. Oh yeah. That's what number three and well, I mean, they're both seven. like in the top, I was going to say they're, they're easily in the top 10. Yeah. They're both they're top, top 10 markets. I know Houston is three, but I, I guess not to spend so much time on it. One other one to throw out there, which is kind of, which is kind of odd that had great success is if they're not going back to Vegas. And I think that has to do with a lot of, they don't. They're not going to have any appeal going in there once that new magnificent structure opens up, and the Raiders are hitting their stride. They're going to be such a second thought there in a city, you know, that already doesn't see that has so much going on. Uh, but kind of, if any of the old places, you, you know, well, Orlando, 
They were number three in attendance, and they're putting one in Tampa. Hmm. I when we're kind of dealing with place there because and even with you know Vince's ties, business networking through Orlando, yeah. I just wonder if, if there wasn't a deal that could get done. Yeah, you're right. That that team I thought would have been in Orlando. I, I, I thought the Central Florida team would make sense, but yeah, you're right. It should have been Orlando. Yeah, they've they've got the Tampa, but it was just you know, but then there's other details that we're not exactly tied in with, you know, the business workings. But oh, that was something interesting, you know, a quick time and a thank you to everyone uh, that's been supportive and, and hopefully keeps tuning in to HCM Sports. Well, let's talk a little bit more about WWE and their expansion because, it, Rick, it really seems, you know, I've kind of been out of the loop the last couple of days here. But uh, even I am up to speed on this NXT UK contract situation that's kind of blowing up, um, not only with the talents, but also now, it seems, with the promotions. Yeah, it, it, we've been talking for so long, you know, how how far is WWE willing to go for this global expansion, you know, to, to really take claim uh, around the globe here? And now we're getting an entirely new layer to this thing where everyone was kind of, you know, they were excited, you know, not just that NXTs would be opening up in different areas, but, you know, through the UK, that the WWE was finally going to open up and begin working with some other promotions where we could see, you know, where they were acknowledging that they weren't the only game on the block. So currently they are working with these promotions. They are currently working with Progress, WXW, and ICW. Of course, I'm, I'm very familiar with ICW and Progress. I'm not as familiar with WXW. Are you? Uh, vaguely. I've seen some of their stuff. And even you know, in the, in the quick time that I had to prepare here, I was able to go watch and follow up on a little bit of it. Uh, but like you're saying, they're the lesser of the, of the pack there. But, but still, WWE thinks enough of them. Well, in the, the interesting part of this is actually when it refers to Rev Pro. Uh, and Rev Pro, one of the companies that has chosen not to go with the WWE, of course, they have a good working relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling, Tomohiro Ishii, their current champion. Uh, Rev Pro owner Andy Quildon. Uh, and WWE were in negotiations to become partners, but the negotiations ended when the buy and shut it down clause was put on the table. This is a quote from Andy. He says, I've had discussions with WWE. I always thought we were on good terms. When we spoke originally, there was talk about a conflict of interest with my New Japan relationship. When we spoke again, it was a case of, well, all that stuff can be sorted out afterwards. Let's just explore where we can go together. When there's uncertainty about the future, there's no definitive, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. When someone says to you, this would be the deal, there was no deal offered. It was just discussions. This is what we were talking about and feeling out in discussions. We want the option to release footage for the network with an option to buy. Okay, an option to buy the footage? No, the promotion as a whole. Well, that what what would happen to the promotion? That's to be determined. When there's that level of uncertainty, it's important for me to stay true to myself. I'm not going to jump because three big letters come towards me. Now, Rick, this is uh, actually consistent with what we are hearing. It seems as though WWE could very easily put progress on the network and charge the people that just are not getting enough wrestling content out of WWE Network $14.99 and you could enjoy progress from the beginning. 
But the catch is WWE now owns Progress, not the video library. They have an option to buy the entire promotion. And this is exactly how the territories went out of business. Yeah, I think this has just been a subtle way of, hey, you need distribution. You guys are flattering when it comes financially. We've got the funds to come in here and support all of your needs. But you're going to have to sign your soul over to the devil here. Yep. That's pretty much where it's at. And and when he comes to calling, none of you are going to have that golden fiddle. Yeah, and if you refuse, where does that leave your promotion? Because now we are hearing a, like, for example, Rev Pro, like, they work a lot with Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay took to Twitter, and he wants to know who exactly it is that he can wrestle in the UK now, because it seems as though a lot of the UK contracted talent, they can work for these companies, but they can't be on TV, they can't be on iPay-Per-View, and they can't wrestle any talent that's not also under WWE NXT contract. So Will Ospreay, as well as myself and the rest of the world, want to know exactly who can Will Ospreay fight in the UK that's not already working for New Japan Pro Wrestling, evidently. Well, you, you remember going back to the first UK tournament and how excited everyone was that, you know, like we were talking about these possibilities of the WWE going to work with them and, and, you know, give better paydays to some of the talents already there and maybe send over talent. You know, it was all facade. It was all getting to this point when they were going to finally get to the NXT UK brand that they were going to pull back here. And now you've got, yeah, like you're saying, you know, we're out. We're, we're SOL on some of these matchups here. And a lot of these promotions are going to be handcuffed. Now, do you think the Rev Pro is he really, he's not really staying true to his guns here? Because he believes it's the right thing to do. It's because he's got some extra cards in the deck because he's got his strong alliance with New Japan. Oh, agreed. I, I, I understand that. But I mean, they're, they're really crippling exactly who he can book and where he can put shows and how he can stream them. And this is how the territories were forced out when Vince expanded nationwide. It's just being applied on a global scale. And you know what? I am actually going to be the WWE defender here because I see absolutely nothing wrong with this. And I know that's the unpopular opinion. But you know what? At the end of the day, this is strictly business. And this is how global companies compete. Uh, this is exactly what happens when global companies compete. And, you know, yeah, it sucks. It sucks all the way around and it sucks in every walk of life. It's just finally caught up to professional wrestling. But like you were saying, though, it just hadn't finally caught up. It's just now that the WWE can do it on a global scale. Uh, and this is just, it's a game of chess. And WWE is is got the pieces already aligned to go ahead and take the board here. And, and which but you gotta be what I was going back to with this Rev Pro situation, you know, he's out there, he kind of in his statement I'm reading, you know, like well, I, I want to stand by my boys. I want to stand by this company. I don't want to have this all ripped out from me. Well we know that he a lot of the reason he's He's standing that grounds because of his relationship with New Japan. He damn well better be sure that that's a strong enough commitment and foundation, you know, to put yourself on because the way this was set up, allowing which towns can go where they can't work television, what they're, you know, who they're allowed to work with. They easily could just squeeze these guys 
out of business and he won't see a dime of that. Where these other promotions, well, they when they do co- eventually come in, you know, the Progress, uh, the WXW, the ICW, when they do come in, those guys are going to make six plus figures and then probably see a lot of royalties and things from, you know, from what hits the network, what goes into the vault, what they used to produce later. Hey, and in good faith, a lot of them might just keep cushy jobs on the side. That's true. Um, it, it's interesting watching how all of this is happening and how things are developing. And I was listening to the Wednesday locker room and they were wondering why they didn't try to do Japan first. Now, Rick, we, we've discussed this pre- on previous episodes. I thought that it'd be interesting to kind of revisit and uh, explain to people why they wouldn't go to Japan first. And it's very, very simple. It would be like New Japan Pro Wrestling trying to invade the United States without securing a TV deal. That's pretty much where the WWE is because New Japan Pro Wrestling has Bushi Road and Ashai TV. And as we have discussed before, streaming services, they just don't exist in Japan. Well, you know, and outside of that, you know, we were talking about just the viewing habits and how business is conducted there. New Japan coming over here, they had to, you know, they had to partner with the Ring of Honors, things like that, to just to kind of get their style exposed. Now, while WWE does have great tours over there, it's such a novelty. As a whole, though, it is not going to be accepted, the sports entertainment aspect of, you know, of wrestling. They still regard this as a traditional, true combat sport. Uh, in many aspects, WWE would be laughed out of the building if they were, you know, there on a weekly basis, you know, even through an NXT center. To, for comparison's sake, this would be like the equivalency in Japan of the WWE being owned by Fox and CBS, them being the two main partners. That's what you have with Bushi Road and Ashai TV. You know, it's going to be very, very hard for the WWE to expand into Japan because the WWE network, it's not a thing over there. People don't stream video in Japan. This is very well documented. Well, you're you're much more in touch with their culture than anyone on our platforms. Is there any trends showing that that might get popularized or is it just something that is just so far off their radar? It's, it's not even close. Like it it is not even of any sort of interest to the Japanese people. None. So even, you know, and and really we haven't heard much noise since there was just the one kind of the one-off where everyone kind of speculated this great partnership between WWE and Noah. They haven't been back. Now is, was that something maybe, you know, let's just dip our toe in the water, step back for a while and reassess really what we can get out of this partnership. It's it's TV. That's going to be the big thing when it comes to expansion into Japan. You have to have something to put up against Ashai TV and Bushi Road and good luck. So actually, so going back to what we've always talked about, you know, if you're going to branch, you know, in that direction with an NXT, that's why you're that's why the Australia 
pick yep. is so important. Yeah, because a, you are at a you're you're at a central hub there where you can you can hit your tours there if you need be. You can get a small TV deal there and still survive. You're still working in Australia. You've got to New Zealand. You've got India, and you've got that central hub there to work that entire region. It's hilarious because Vince McMahon is much more adequate to expand into the Japanese market than Triple H is. Because Vince, in order to expand into Japan, you would have to do it the way that Vince took over the United States. It's it's that very 1980s, it's about syndication, and then it's getting the product on TV and getting it out there. It, it's way, like Japan does not give a shit about the WWE network and what's going on on NXT, and they're not going to watch it week to week on that kind of a platform. It's just out of the question. So yeah, even that's a, that's a great point there as well. I mean, why would why would they buy into an NXT camp when they've already got you know in their minds what is the best in the world? Yep. Yeah, yeah. A WWE Japan almost seems more likely. Uh, let's talk about one company that we know is working with the WWE, and this is why you know in WWE's mind, this is how they spin things to make themselves look better. Let's talk about a gentleman by the name of Gabe Sapolsky. You may have heard of him. He owns Evolve, and he works backstage at NXT. See what happens is when we buy your promotion and we bring it in, you get a job running the show. See, and then it's all up to your performance. And can you? Grab one of those imaginary brass rings. And some do, and some don't. Gabe Sapolsky absolutely has. But we kind of dropped the ball here. Impact Wrestling has pulled LAX from Evolve events on December 15th and 16th. They were actually supposed to take on the Street Profits at Evolve, of course, from NXT. WWN releases a statement claiming that the company will no longer book Impact Talents. We're sorry to inform you that Impact has pulled LAX from the upcoming Evolve dates. Evolve officials were contacted by LAX and informed that they were needed for something else that weekend. No other explanation was given. Impact Wrestling didn't contact Evolve officials and left it up to LAX. There is no heat on LAX, and the WWN understands the situation that they have been put in. Evolve officials had told LAX that the plan was to have matches with Evolve Tag Team Champions, the Street Profits, Montez Ford, and D'Angelo Dawkins that weekend. Uh, I believe they are the Tag Team Champions at Evolve right now, are they not, Huckleberry? They are. Yes, they are. Evolve was informed that LAX would not be able to lose those matches in order to avoid any political issues. Evolve made one night a triple threat match and the other night into a six-man tag to avoid this. This would give the fans LAX versus the Street Profits matches that they wanted while protecting all parties politically. Unfortunately, Impact Wrestling waited until the matches were announced and then pulled LAX. This all could have been easily avoided by not allowing LAX to take the dates in the first place. Evolve will no longer consider booking Impact Talents contracted moving forward. Uh, Rick, I I was amazed when LAX was announced for this thing to begin with. Well, I, not so much. Uh, but I, actually, I was more amazed. Not that, not that Impact would agree to this thing. That Evolve would actually bring them in here. But then you, you start really diving into this, and this plays into, you know, our, our, our risk battle for global domination. Everyone right now seems to be a little testy. You know, we just we're talking about the control the WWE is trying to, to claim in the UK. To me, 
this seems like a WWE power move. They're using their outlet over here, Evolve, uh, WWN, to to maybe breach some uh, contract agreements. You know, to get negotiations flowing because we've got that rumors you're saying that that WWE might be you know interested in the LAX. You know, and it's so interesting with Rey Mysterio just coming back because, as we all know, Rey Mysterio's agent is Conan, and we all know that Conan and Vince basically freaking hate each other. We also know that Conan's running the creative at MLW, basically from what I'm hearing. And then we also know he's involved heavily at impact. I mean, my God, dude, if, if Vince McMahon and Conan could put aside their differences and, and, and join together, my God, you want to talk about NXT Mexico and have Conan run it. Well, I think the scary part is that Vince is so removed from this thing right now. That he doesn't realize that kind of the alliances that are being made, things that he would he would never allow that are taking place right now. And I like uh, we're talking about now this repositioning. We're just, you know, just a month ago, we were talking about how all of these promotions outside of, of WWE are in love and they're ready to work together. And, and they need they need to be all in if they want to survive against the juggernaut. And now across the board, we're starting to see cracks. You know, we're you're we're talking about now here you've got a problem with impact pulling talent because they're worried about being poached by WWE. You're also bringing in the play Ring of Honor, potentially trying, you know, looking at securing up and taking talent away from MLW. I know we're going to get to that. But I mean, but they all kind of intertwine with one another. You know, oh, where yeah. is it from? Where do you get to the point where impact says, you know, you know, all right. You don't want ours over there. We're going to start just pulling ours, ours from people. MLW, unless you got them set under contracts, no, we're going to share them up. We've we've got a little more money in you. We're going to make sure that some you're not. Sammy Callahan's not going to step foot in your arena again. And that's where it gets interesting. Is talents like Sammy Callahan who work for all of these companies, and now we're seeing. What? And you got individuals that are stars for each other. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sammy's a huge star all the way around the globe. He's the draw. You have on here the true intent behind the WWE and WWN relationship. I think that we've kind of hit on it. Um, yeah. And, and, and we've discussed this before that we actually see them elevating NXT to be that official third brand and Evolve is actually going to become developmental. Well, and what a perfect way. Oh, they're, but they're not us. Sure, all of our guys, sure, Regal's backstage at every show. Sure, Triple H stops in. Sure, Gabe is leading the charge while he's helping with creative through NXT and at the Performance Center. But that's not us. Don't, don't worry about that, guys. You're getting worried. In this whole situation, Impact was getting some heat. And I think they're just trying to cover their asses right now. I think I think there's a lot of scrambling going on, and we see it here in ROH. Uh, ROH making some uh, recent contract moves here themselves. Silas Young resigns a three-year deal. Jade Lethal a three-year deal. PCO a new signee, three years old, the oldest talent ever offered a deal at Ring of Honor. Brody King signs a three-year deal. The latter, a little bit of a cause for an MLW roster raid concern. And then, of course, we have potentially leaving 
we know all the talents. We know the list. It's the elite. It's SCU all the way down the, the, the board here. And then we jump into all elite wrestling. But Rick, number one, what do you think of these recent signees for Ring of Honor? Well, I, I know you kind of your first question was why, especially with the big one that jumped out here, PCO. And, and uh, it's know. no disrespect to PCO. I'm just I, I don't think if I'm Ring of Honor. And I'm losing guys like Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks and SCU. You're going to counter with PCO, which is, I, while I like PCO, I think he's a really nice piece. I don't see him in that context. Well, what I wanted to, you know, mainly when we were talking Ring of Honor on the show here, is, is Brody King and PC, PCO... And then even, and you know, Young is established there, but he's not necessarily the typical what you think of, you know, prototype from Ring of Honor. He gets that three-year deal. Could they, could they potentially be changing their direction and style a little bit? Yeah, I think so. Or, or at least trying to diversify because you look what else is out there. I mean, you got Impact being, becoming more and more of, you know, the indie dot, dot, dive, Lucha Underground. You've got MLW is so hot. So many, so many indies popping up everywhere that are picking up steam thanks to the internet. So maybe Ring of Honor realizes it's time to pull it back a little bit. And I had, I had this thought a few days ago, and then you turned me on to their new web series, Pinnacle, which was largely based around, you know, we are about the honor, the tradition of professional wrestling. It, it, it was throwing up. You know, these red these red flags to me like, hey, we got to go in a new direction and maybe they're going in a new direction means there's a throwback a little bit. You know, the thing that I found incredibly interesting about that video is did you see who the director was? I did not catch that part. It's Dave Lagana, the same guy who's making the 10 pounds of gold videos. And I'm wondering if there's some kind of connection here with Billy Corgan and the NWA and what's going on with Ring of Honor right now. If we're talking about Ring of Honor changing their direction and taking more of a classic approach, I mean, who better to partner with than the NWA? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, could, could you potentially see, you know, because we got two championships floating around there in Ring of Honor. The Did real world that? heavyweight championship. You see some kind of, you know, uh, dynamic where we're trying to, you know, decide a new champion. Or maybe you do have like the modern Ring of Honor, and then you merge one of the titles with the NWA. Or, um, okay, well, let's just run with that scenario. Okay, let's say that we're gonna we're gonna unify the NWA Championship and the Ring of Honor Championship for the time being. Okay, does the main event of Nick Aldis versus Jay Lethal? versus Matt Taven inside of Madison Square Garden, WrestleMania weekend, now not opposite of TakeOver, does that do it for you? You know, you really need some serious star power there. I almost think you could get away. I, I think, But I think it represents the changing of the guard. It represents all of the generations, the different styles of wrestling that we have that the fans can embrace right now. And I, I, I would, I would even maybe go as far as if, if to even make that, you know, have an open challenger come in where you add castle to it and for a fatal four or like elimination match. 
I guess I guess the real question to me is adding Dalton Castle to that match feels more important than adding the NWA World Heavyweight Championship and Nick Aldis. Well, I thought. Hold on, I I, I apologize on it because I thought you had him in there. Well, no, I'm saying does if it, let's say the plan is Jay Lethal versus Matt Taven, and we're going to unify the Ring of Honor Championship. Does that match feel any bigger if you add Nick Aldis and the NWA Championship into it? Because it well, doesn't to me. I and actually, that's the, the problem. The biggest match there for me, and we've got plenty of time to get there right now with what the the components we have to put this thing together. The biggest, what screams the biggest match to me is Aldis versus Lethal. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, hadn't thought about that. Yeah, you could do like uh, Lethal and Taven at 17th anniversary or something like that. Yeah, we could and just go down that road and then you do it before Mania weekend. Right. And then if there, you know, if there is indeed some kind of partnership between the two, you've got all this, you've got the television distribution to to really elevate all this, you know, to, you know, beyond the prestige they've already brought back to that championship. So where does ROH stand now inside of the landscape? I mean, we've seen some of their signings, and I would include Jeff Cobb into that recent group of signings as well. He's a new signee with Ring of Honor going full-time. Where does Ring of Honor kind of fall in right now inside of this new landscape? When I mean, you consider WWE the ever-growing NXT, which seems as though it's going to grow globally very, very quickly. They're not going to take as much time before they launch the next one. And then you have, of course, All Elite Wrestling as an open possibility as well. Yeah, I, that's where it gets a little interesting. And you know, for Ring of Honor moving forward, I think this is a, this is a very crucial time for this company. You know, they're going to have to to pick a direction and kind of go with it. They're not going to, you know, they're they're not going to be able to be everything to everyone. Now, if they decide, hey, you know, we're, we are going to be the young go getters that that use the innovative moves, they're they're going to have to realize. That is a crowded marketplace. You know, you can only have so many hamburger joints, you know, on a block. But you, on the flip side, you run the risk of you try to be something a little different. You try to throw it back that you really alienate that that smart indie fan base. Yeah, I agree. I think the best thing that Ring of Honor could do right now, all right, as, as far as a company goes, is go over to good old Harold and kiss a little bit of ass and say, let us be your American expansion. Uh, and we're going to go a different direction as far as our creative and booking team goes. And we want Ring of Honor storylines to intertwine with New Japan Pro Wrestling storylines. And we will leave the booking to you. That's what I think I would do with ROH right now. I think that's, I think you've got it right there. That's the safest bet. You know, there's already the connection people relate to, two, but the problem is when they actually get together for these, for these super cards is they're all over the place Yep, and they're not fluent with what we're following in new Japan. Now you could keep those things going. And again, it goes back to, you can have those, that diverse roster because that style works with inside, you know, how new Japan presents itself. 
It also pulls back on New Japan expanding into the United States because they could essentially use Ring of Honor as New Japan America. And I think if you already have that platform, rather than trying to establish another platform, just basically make ROH your weekly New Japan America TV show. Just let New Japan worry about the booking. Well, and you got to look too, you know, with the way that that Ring of Honor is in syndication, you could present different things in different markets as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a real easy change of the satellite feed. And then we have All Elite Wrestling. Um, and, and not only, I mean, we've discussed all these trademarks and whatnot, but, you know, Rick, I got to thinking about one very, very particularly, and it's Tuesday Night Dynamite. Tuesday Night Dynamite, because what I think the idea here is, is the elite AEW promotion wants to launch a Tuesday show because SmackDown, of course, is going to be moving to Fridays as of October 2019. Rick, what do you think happens if there is even a little bit of a rumbling of Tuesday Night Dynamite coming to WGN. What do you think the WWE is going to do? What do you think is their first course of action? Well, I think, do you think they potentially try to move Raw? Is that where you're going here? Nope. I think they put NXT on Tuesday nights on FS1. I think that's the answer to Tuesday Night Dynamite right there. Gear up for the Tuesday Night Wars, ladies and gentlemen, because they very easily could happen. It could be NXT Tuesday nights at seven o'clock central time. Ha ha. Like how I did that for you, Huckleberry seven o'clock central time on Fox sports one against AEW Tuesday night dynamite on WGN. I, I do like that. I wonder how it's written into the different television contracts. If there is a possibility for either of, you know, the Fox network or NBC to pick up NXT before the other, you know, with this new deal, did, did NBC slide that in there for USA or is Fox reserving the first rights for anything like that for where some of their FS1 channels? That's a good point because, you know, I keep hearing this narrative. Well, Fox wants this. Fox wants this. Well, Fox wants Ronda Rousey on SmackDown. Well, don't you think that NBC Universal wants her on Raw? I mean, did, did we forget it, that, that they paid a billion dollars for Monday Night Raw? And they have been, you know, they've been in bed with this company for decades before there was a Raw. Yeah. They, they have been rolling with, with WWE. They had, that, they had that brief breakup there, and both sides realized how bad it was for each side and have come back together and have pulled through time and time again. But talk about these trademarks and even all elite wrestling. What if this is just, uh, you know, we were talking about, you know, before in the UK about a game of chess. What if this is all just a maneuver to up there negotiating with these other promotions? Well, the thing that for me with all elite wrestling that is becoming a problem is that who are the elite going to fight? Because this only works like, you know, that that was the reason that, you know, it was supposed to be NWO Nitro and WCW Thunder. And then Bischoff realized, oh, crap, who are the NWO going to fight? You have to have a foil right? Who's the elite going to fight? Because all the other talent is being scooped up by NXT and by now Ring of Honor. I mean, 
Nothing against him, once again, but Ring of Honor just signed PCO. I mean, we're, we're down the list to where PCO is getting a guaranteed contract and he can't work for All Elite Wrestling. So who in the hell are they going to get? I say, you know, there, there's there's not much on the shelves at the store at this point, at least of quality. Uh, but then again, you know, we're all just kind of assuming that they're going to be a traditional based promotion. I mean, this could be something completely different. We've seen these guys time and time again you know, reinvent the wheel of sorts. This could be something completely different or it's just something, you know, they're out there teasing. They had the great success. Like I said, you got to believe seeing these things makes other promotions realize the very real possibility and out of the gate popularity of what could be happening. And it's going to be worth their while just to pay these guys a little bit more just to stay out of the marketplace. I, I was fantasy booking over the weekend and I had this idea. Cody Rhodes has taken to Twitter and says that there will be an announcement coming in January shortly after Wrestle Kingdom. You know what that told me, Rick? New Year's Dash is going to be a whole lot of fun this year. I have a feeling the shit is going down at New Year's Dash. Wrestle Kingdom is going to be great, but New Year's Dash... That's where the shit's going to hit the fan. Um, and now we're also hearing, you know, Jericho, what, 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 what's this Jericho in and out well, on involvement? Well, you kind of got Jericho. He's been playing with this thing, him and Cody. They, they've kind of been having fun with this all elite wrestling talk because and I guess the real reason is they're not really, they're not contractually obligated to any company. They can kind of say what they, they want and kind of work the masses here. We're on the flip side. The Bucks are being kind of tight-lipped. Yeah, I, I have noticed that uh, it's Cody is the one running his mouth. I don't see Kenny doing it. I don't see Hangman doing it. I don't see the Bucks doing it. It's always Cody. And you're right. That's because he's on a handshake agreement right now with Ring of Honor. Yeah, the other ones, they're still they're still tied down to agreements that they've got here. They can't be speaking about this outside business. You know, it's, it'd, be, it's, it'd be breach of contract for them. Uh, but the Bucks did. They just recently, someone was, was hammering, hammering, hammering them. Uh, they said, we don't have any investment right now. We can't speak to anything, but we can tell you that we are getting major offers from every major promotion out there. Yep. God, I would hate to see the Young Bucks in the WWE, but it just... I don't know, man. The more and more I'm seeing how things are playing out throughout the world... Uh, that fear is growing in me once again. But let me let me throw this one out to you. I know it's not on there. But something I've been thinking about. If you're the Young Bucks and you go to WWE, and I, I I've only seen this on like some Facebook fan pages, things like that, and I don't I don't know how much traction it's gotten. Of uh, anyone of any significance was the one that reported this thing. But sometimes you get those proposals out there that they're just fun for conversation. If you're the Young Bucks, would you be okay with them changing your names? Absolutely not. Nope. Are you sure? Yep. Absolutely not. I uh, see. I see. I'm on the other side of that where I don't think it would be that big of an issue. I know my worth already. And I would be more worried about entering into any kind of contract with WWE that is tied to the bucks kind of name that could come back later and get my, you know, bite into my potential rep. I, I, when I after, after I sign my five year and then I decide to leave. I don't want to be paying them on the back end for anything. Yeah, no, I, anything short than Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, the young bucks, 
you sold out. That, that, that's going to be the message. And maybe that's what WWE wants. You know, they want to send that message. But um, no, I, I, I can't imagine. I think that would be a deal breaker. I, and I think it's that way. Um, I think it's that way for the Bucks. I, I feel like it's that way for Kenny. Marty and Hangman, I'm a little bit more indifferent. I would just be kind of weary, you know, from either side, you know, what this means for the deal, for your merchandise, for any kind of royalties, you know, what side's going to be dipping into the pockets later on. And, and to me, I know fans would have an absolute shit fit over it. But after we see these name changes, they usually, you know, that it fades after a little bit and you, you get used to the talent's change. But I don't think that affects, and especially with in the case of the Bucks, that it takes away from any of their marketing going forward. Actually, I think I think in some ways it could add to it. We're back. We didn't want them to have any part of this because this belongs to us and it belongs to you. Oh man, damn, that's a hard one. I don't know. I feel like the precedent is AJ Styles now. I feel like AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, Samoa Joe have completely changed that. I, I see it from that angle, but then you look at, you know, let's, you know, let's talk about some other towns that have fought so hard just to protect what, you know, they grew inside there. How important it is to have that backing. I, I just, I think looking at this from every angle, it's something I wanted to throw out to you. Maybe we get some feedback from the listeners, uh, but we revisit maybe in a week or so. Yeah. Very interesting. That's a good topic. I like that. Who is really to blame for the current state of WWE programming? Vince McMahon. I was gonna, you know what? That's what everyone jumps to, and that is the over and over question. And I think, yeah, you know, a lot of it falls on him. Uh, I don't know. Did you have to? Ch- did you chance uh, pick up on? You got some. You got some top stars recently that have been calling them out for their terrible product. Yeah, you know, I'm. I, I'm talking about you know Stone Cold Steve Austin, Chris Jericho, Taz is now. He's all over this thing. Uh, our own uh, Ben Hamid and Stevie Richards. They've been picking up some major press. Uh, for rolling with this thing over on the brand with Russo for quite a while. Well, you yeah, know, I mean they've they they they've been saying this for a year. Well, and, you know, but everyone was just there for a while, but they've been like really hammering it home here lately. Uh, and then yesterday, or a few days ago, over in a humming media discussion group on Facebook, there was someone put up there. It was a meme. Explain to Vince McMahon how to make the WWE great again, and it really got me thinking about. You know, when, when everyone's asked, what's the problem with WWE today? What needs to change? It, everyone is so quick to point the finger and give all the blame to Vince McMahon. And I don't think that is fair. And I think it's absolutely fair because you have heard Hami Media Group's own Stevie Richards say the buck stops with Vince. I, I get to that. I, I get that, especially when Stevie was there. But he was on the back end of when this company was really transitioning. You and we can we can align some key moves inside the company when Stephanie McMahon began her rise. You know, she comes out in 1998. She's a graduate of Boston. She's a communications major. She's from the Northeast. You don't get any more freaking snowflake liberal than that making right there. Gosh, you guys thought I hated Boston. She begins her rise through those ranks and she's bringing all these ideas that she's had just hammered home from Boston U. And you begin to look at the regime and how it changes. You have people pushed out. You have very close 
two, two fans pick man. Pritchard, gone. Patterson, different role. The when they really thought their their balls were in the fire, Russo was going to come back. Who nicks that? Who made that call? Step in the. Uh, you can line it up. All these guys that were old school who was doing things that are traditionalist and professional wrestling, who know how the game works, they were all stripped of their power. And now where are we moving here? It's not about actual content on programming or really, you know, thought out traditional professional wrestling. It's about her PR. It's about that PR movement. It's about getting over more within the public opinion than actually entertaining here. And in that case, yes, it goes back. It is Vince's company, but how much is he, you know, is he really trying to step aside here? He's just trying to guide her. It's daddy's little girl. He isn't going to say no to her. And it's her influence. And I don't think it just stops at Stephanie. I know I'm going to get a ton of heat on this thing. I think Hunter is just as much to blame about this and what he has done to professional wrestling, what people complain about all the time. You know, the death of KFAB, the death of actually the philosophy inside the ring. Everything that we're seeing today that is different than, than what we loved before is what he embraces. He's okay with the misuse of social media for these towns. He's okay with you know, going through four or five blow-up spots where it, sh- it should kill anybody, and they're right up going right back at it. It's the style that he's, pre- that he's preferring. Okay, well, here, I'll, I'll give you a, a 100% completely honest answer of what I think is wrong with the WWE today and how to fix it. Right after a word from Stevie Richards. Hey, this is Stevie Richards. I'm here to tell you, you don't necessarily need all this equipment to get in the best shape of your life. All you need is this, a resistance band. I'm so excited to offer the 12-week resistance band training program to you, which features an interactive PDF with full overview videos, modifications, descriptions of all the exercises, scalability, no matter what fitness level or what age you are, the PDF scales the workout to you. Also, after your instant download of the PDF, you get full direct email support right from me, as well as access to a Facebook group with an awesome interactive community. I can't wait to help you take control of your fitness journey. So just put in stevierichardsfitness.com, go to the store and download the 12-week resistance band training program. It's the writers, Rick. It's the writers. That's the problem here. We have 26 writers. Um, and, and, you know, I understand that the Russo era is praised as the Attitude Era should be praised. But one of my things and one of my critiques towards Vince Russo has always been that he gets entirely too much credit for the Attitude Era. And I also think that he gets entirely too much shit for things that didn't go right inside of the Attitude Era. But that's a completely different conversation. I think the reason that it worked was the fact that there was three guys. There were three members 
of that writing team. They didn't have 26 fucking writers. I think that is the problem with the WWE right now. You have too many writers that are writing individual segments, and that's why it's turned into Saturday Night Live, because they're not writing a television show anymore. They are writing 16 or 32 individual segments, and then just putting them all together in an order and running them on television. It's Saturday Night Live and they have shitty writers. What they need to do is fire the goddamn writing staff and just pick three, four guys that you really trust and let them do it. Let's look at New Japan Pro Wrestling and people praise the creative in New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's two guys. It's Jado and Gato. That's it. That's who's running the ship. If you have two guys writing the entire show, the show has continuity because they're writing a show. They're not writing individual segments. And that is what is wrong with Monday Night Raw. I, I'll agree with you. That's 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 what's wrong with it. But who can we go back and blame here? Stephanie McMahon. Yes, it's been documented. Vince Russo himself has said, you know, when he came back, he saw all these writers and he was told when he left, that's when they said man, we, we got to expand here. We can't just put it on the shoulders of a few people. But it was starting before that. And when did it really start picking up? When you had Stephanie come in and she's probably there pitching her, we need think tank. We need these massive think tanks. We need to bring in these, these the more higher educated individuals to put together this quality, this quality programming. But even then, when you get down to it, how many writers have we, have we heard after they have left? The ideas they pitch, you know what, that would have worked or that they go that they have mentioned. I brought up, you know, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Why would the character do that? And what and why are they doing interviews now? Because they've been canned or they were driven away from the company. They have created a, an, an atmosphere there where anyone is so afraid to say anything. You know, even beyond the talent, everybody in their personnel is afraid to say anything. They have to be in, in the agreement with the PR drive. Yep. It's corporate America, man. Why does the WWE suck? For the same reason that every other major company in the world sucks. Because it's hey, corporate America. Hey, you know, he got some heat for this. And I was kind of, I was joking in a couple of the, the chat threads about it just because it was, I was kind of, you know, just, it was fun to kind of go at him on this thing. But Xavier Woods actually laid it out there. He gave it to us in such in such a WWE company way, but it was but it was one of those just brilliant kind of backhands where he kind of you know call he questioned the fans. He's like, hey, this, our, we're not for everybody. Stop hating on us. But it, and then he was kind of like, hey, there's a lot of other cool shit out there. Don't watch that. He does have a PhD. Not in NXT, but he does have a PhD. Wood sucked in NXT. Just saying. Uh, let's take a look at your WWE preview and what to watch for. Becky, of course, that's what to watch for. That's the only thing worth watching in the WWE right now is Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. That's the only thing I want to watch. 
Becky is on fire. The last kicker and SmackDown Live Women's Champion tops the WWE Power Rankings. And in a historic first, the ESPN WWE Rankings. How can WWE Creative keep the company's hottest star moving forward towards her triple threat battle with Shar Shar and Asuka? Well, Rick, I guess this is uh, really the first opportunity that we've had to discuss this. Who wins that match at TLC if you're the one booking it? Uh-oh, I got to go right back here because you didn't you did hit the buzzwords there just, just high enough, man. Historic first! A historic first! Becky Lynch tops the ESPN WWE rankings. Come on, that's unbelievable, right? Yeah, I guess. I, I think, uh, but I think going into this week, uh, we're two weeks away from this thing. I think you got to bring her down right now. Yeah, yeah we got we got to have some serious doubt right now uh, in her chances of walking out of here. Because right now, going into this thing, you know, I got her one hundred percent. But you're saying, you know, how did we get here? Wait, Obviously, you're going with Becky one hundred percent? I am. Wow. Okay. Um, uh, I, I, you know, unless they really, unless they really pull something out of their ass here, which I would suggest if I was in that room, uh, then I'd be told to, to shut the fuck up. And I'd suggest it again. And then I'd be fired back here talking to you next week that we get the ultimate swerve here. Put the thing on Oscar. Uh, to me, that is the logical choice. I put Asuka over at TLC. That is absolutely my decision. Um, and then you are left with at least a little bit of intrigue as to who is going to win the Royal Rumble, Becky Lynch or Charlotte Flair. Well, I think even more so than who wins the Rumble, what's the intrigue there, is that it, it's so much more fuel for their, for their characters, for their personas. Absolutely. They don't, they don't need to be chasing gold. You and I, before this thing took the direction it did going back weeks ago, we said, Hey, they don't need the belt in this feud. Get it off. One of them, you know, put it on our, and our idea was to put it on Sasha and have her feud with Oscar, but they could still go that route. Oh, I've got an idea of where we go here. Um, or the, to me, the other logical idea would be for Charlotte to win the title, which would put Becky in the rumble as well. She should be. And then you do champion versus champion at the Royal Rumble. And that's where you get your Rousey and Charlotte rematch. Wait a minute. Oh, you have that there. Okay. So then what you would have to do though, in that, in that booking, you'd have to have the women's rumble go early in that show. I'd be all right with that. I'd open with it. Why not? Didn't they do that last year? Didn't they bookend it where the women's rumble opened and the men's closed? (laughs) Yeah, but then you get into you still know, okay, but which one does she choose? You got something to do with the other title. I mean, you don't have to have champion versus champ. I guess it's a selling point for who she chooses. I just don't know that's if if that does so much for me. I just don't think that they need that championship right now. Their program is so hot without it. Uh, I could I'd be fine without even, you know, our idea of moving uh, Sasha over. Hey, I put her over all the time. You know, I'd like to see Naomi work a program with Oscar for the time being. Let's elevate her back up. That's cool. Um, What I would do, honestly, is at TLC, because it's a TLC match, and it's also a triple threat match, so we know that it's no disqualification. And inside of the commentary, which is almost as bad as Monday Night Raw, they keep putting over Ronda Rousey is going to be there. Ronda Rousey is going to be there. Ronda Rousey is going to be there. Um, So what I would do, if it was me, 
all right, is I would have Asuka get taken out in like a, a huge spot where you see Becky and Charlotte, they, they they team together, they take down Asuka, right? And so it's just the two of them and they square off inside of the ring and not only does Ronda Rousey come out to beat down Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch, she brings her friends, Shayna Baszler and Jasmine Duke and Marina Shafir and the four of them beat down Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. And then they just leave them laying there. Asuka gets up, goes in, wins the championship. That's what I would do. Man, I thought about it, it, going back to when I picked Becky, I just put myself in WWE creative shoes. I don't think they're I don't think they're thinking outside that box at all right now. I think they're too afraid to make any move like that. I think Becky has to win the rumble. I think anybody other than Becky winning the rumble gets the Roman Reigns treatment. Well, as long as she's I, I think you could survive it if she's not in it. I don't know, man. I think I think I absolutely but, but take that her- title off of Becky, put her in the Rumble because that's where we get Becky and Nia Jax is in the Rumble because otherwise there's no logical way to get to Becky Lynch versus Nia Jax. I guess I, I guess I can see her in there. I just don't think they're gonna make that move. There's a number. There's a number of ways they could go here. You're starting to sway me a little bit. It's just a move I don't think they're going going to make. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see if I can talk him into it by the time the Royal Rumble rolls around. Despite Braun Strowman undergoing a recent surgery, his match against Baron Corbin has yet to be pulled. He is the monster among men going to be cleared. Um, I'm going to say yes. And I'm going to say yes because I did see over the course of this weekend that Finn Balor versus Drew McIntyre has been made official for TLC. And Elias versus Bobby Lashley has been made official for TLC. I had heard that there was talks that this would be a six man and that's why they were going to protect uh, Braun Strowman going into the match but it seems all systems are go so I'm going to say yes Braun Strowman will be cleared the injury wasn't nearly as bad as we anticipated and he will be ready to go for TLC. I I just have this bad feeling in my stomach we are going to get a terrible swerve here. Uh oh what what terrible swerve are you thinking? and what and what kind of led me to believe this? If you head over to WWE.com right now as we're recording, uh, right there on the top page is a feature about individuals winning first championships. So obviously when they're bringing up Braun, they're as clear as day in every damn photo is Nicholas. Oh, no. I could see them trying to get heat on Corbin by saying, you know, Hey, Ron can't make it. I found a replacement. I found someone very close to him to stand in and represent him in this match. And then Corbin strolls Nicholas out there, bullies him a little bit, knocks him down, pins him. Just thinking that they can get that extra heat there on Corbin. If, if Ron absolutely cannot get physically involved. I can see them also going the other route where, okay, Braun is going to be back shortly. They roll Nicholas out there. Braun comes in, lands him with a clean hit on with the other, you know, knocks him out clean, and Nicholas gets the pit over Corbin, sending Braun onto the Royal Rumble. I, I think we're getting some kind of swerve. I don't think we're going to see Braun actually compete here at TLC. Interesting. I like your speculations there, Huckleberry, especially with Nicholas. That'd be a nice payoff. Uh, an inoculated Dean Ambrose promises he will be at raw, 
plus Ronda Rousey, Natty, Jackson Tamina in tag action. Oh boy, I can't wait for that one. Yeah, I thought that it was, uh, you know, just to make note that that's what they've got going on this week. But I, I didn't think there was really anything to to, to really dive into with the, with those two headlines. Raw's in really bad shape, man. It's in really, really bad shape. So, semi-close. What do you want to do for the semi-close? I don't know. If we could just hit the regular plugs because you know, I thought we'd save uh, this NXT stuff because I, there's not necessarily spoilers but it might be information that individuals don't want to know, you know, cause it could lead to speculation towards things. Okay. Well, why don't we do this? We're at an hour and 11 minutes roughly on the show. So let's go ahead. We'll close out the locker room. And if you want to know the NXT spoiler, you can find it at hitting the We'll do that and see if that works. Does that sound all right with you? That's how you hold an audience right there. How about that? So that'll wrap things up for your Monday locker room here at hackerhameen.podbean.com. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. Huckleberry, I got to be completely honest. I really didn't write a close this week whatsoever. So you can find me across all social media platforms at NotJargo. RBV, how do the peeps, the freaks, and the geeks find you? You know, as always, catch me all across all social media at The Real RBV. And as I do weekly, invite everyone to head on over to Facebook and check out the Hot Mean Media Discussion Group. Tons of great conversation, interactive threads going on over there. Uh, so much you don't want to miss out on. Hey, we're starting to pick back up. You know, it's usually a slow time of the year, uh, but we're about ready to turn the calendar. We're heading towards the road to WrestleMania, so we want to try to get everyone involved as much as possible. Uh, also, make sure that you're, you're following us on Twitter at the Hameen Media Group. Uh, and, of course, listening to all of our amazing podcasts on, on the platform. And if you're a sports fan, join us on Tuesday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at twitch.tv backslash hitting the marks. We'll be on there for about a half hour or so. Try and sort out this college football playoff in Ohio State University being so disrespected, putting you in at number six. If you want the NXT spoilers, you want to know what's going on inside of the black and yellow. Join us at hittingthemarks.podbean.com. Otherwise, we'll talk to you next Monday right back here in the locker room for now. We're off like a prom dress. See ya! You heard about it, but couldn't believe it That they would kill a man just for breathing And you would think a fat chance there's a reason Until you hit a black black and you see it You heard about it, but couldn't believe it That they would kill a man just for breathing And you would think a fat chance there's a reason Until they hit a black, the black, black, the black Well, okay, now they're thinking that the gunplay Was just an isolated thing from the one place I tell them, hell no, nah, keep your celly cell on And follow Philando, Alton, and Delron Out in Dallas, they were caught up in the onslaught Had a couple cop ducking from the pop-pop Body dropping, we're looking like he on top then they kill that motherfucker with the bomb bot Now we cooking up the beef in the grill hot You ain't here about the deal with the chill cot It's a jagged little pill in the pill cot In your throat and you wonder when it will stop Green peace on the beach for the whale watch Innocent still sitting in a cell block Got you wishing on the tail of the hell bop Looking for the gold ticket in the mailbox Got a broke down living in my locale Killer city block business you don't know about Donald Trump on a ticket we don't know how Everybody lined up hoping that they vote count Maybe for their kids sake how do you dictate The real winner when they running in a fixed rate 
race Either which way, whoever you pick paid off By the rich motherfuckers in a big way Gridlock on the government of this day And everybody in the Senate on a sick day Lawmakers all caught up in the red tape I read about it and I'm feeling like a head case Now they're saying that I might have made a mistake And that I probably should have put it on a mixtape Instead I put it on my name as on a list tape And if they kill me then my baby mama gets paid Fuck y'all pretend we don't see it like our lids Locked but the government is all caught up in grid Lock, read about it and you wonder when will it Stop, gotta get mine before I get caught up and get Got, 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 grid Lock, but the government is all caught up in grid Lock, read about it and you wonder when will it Stop, gotta get mine before I get yeah. caught up and get Got, got Everybody's so uneducated on the problem. I don't think I live to see the day that people solve it. Killing unarmed individuals in cold blood. Now, if they didn't murder, what the fuck am I to call it? They don't even give a shit, and everybody saw it. And why would they when they running around lawless? Acting like a ghetto celebrity when they floss. It's worst kept secrets, everybody who lost it. What's the repercussion for putting bodies in coffins when you got a family member running for office? Moving in a circle of real killers and bosses who don't wanna lose and they never take any losses. Anybody be gone is part of me, but your honor. I don't wanna be kind, and I don't wanna be conquered. I don't wanna be caged, and I don't wanna be master. I don't wanna be instrumental in the disaster Murdering them and after gathering all the data I can see what the media think it don't really matter People do what they gotta to make a move up the ladder Sticking whoever long as the pockets are getting fatter Mamas are getting madder, daddy don't give a damn If people are in the street, dedicating the jam I'm looking at mother nature, hollering no ma'am Killing a little piggy, literally going ham And the fat cats acting like they know best Live a carefree life, feeling no stress Would they ever pay for it? Never know I guess But they don't give a shit about the protest I said the fat cats acting like they know best Live a carefree life, feeling no stress would they ever pay for it? Never know, I guess. But they don't give a shit about a protest. Come on. We can pretend we don't see it like our lids. Locked, but the government is all caught up in grid. Lock, read about it, and you wonder when will it stop. Gotta get mine before I get caught up in get. Got, 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 grid. Lock, but the government is all caught up in grid. Lock. Read about it, then you wonder when will it stop? Gotta get my full rocket caught up in it. Got, 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 got. Grid, lock, 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 lock. Gotta get my full rocket caught up in all right, Huckleberry. So I guess we're back for segment two. This is the the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast set segment two. Yeah, because I know y'all miss that musical break. I'll find some kind of bullshit to throw in there. Uh, so let's talk a little bit of black and yellow, Huckleberry, because, boy, do we got some big ongoings or maybe some small ongoings inside of NXT. Yes, see, uh, quite a bit of news coming out of, uh, I guess, the entire brand. Uh, some big news from the tapings and then just some, I, I guess, big news for them. But we've got just to kick things off. Everyone out there knows this. Not a spoiler at all. But I've, I've got a question. And uh, a lot of people are kind of confused here is why this thing happened. But Vega and Aleister Black getting hitched over the last couple of days. Yeah, this this news broke uh, just a couple of days ago. You know, it, it was here about a week ago that uh, me and the godfather, Demetrios Zordos, uh, we're talking about a, a, a photo that leaked of Alistair Black and Zelina Vega training together. And somebody made a comment, aren't they dating? And that was the first that I had heard about it. And now here, all of a sudden, the, the, the Dutch destroyer is taking our, uh, our, our eye candy off the market, man. Well, 
you know, a lot of people were confused that they had thought, and I guess this went back to something that Aries uh, didn't exactly come out and say, but was kind of, you know, kind of hitting around the bush about that the reason that he and Vega split was from one another was some kind of relationship with Almuth. Well, see, and I was always under the impression, and I had heard them both address it, that they were nothing more than business partners, that what you are seeing on television is an actual representation of their relationship, that she is his business manager. Yeah, I, I, that's what I always assumed. That's what I had taken it as. Uh, then I did hear some, you know, just months ago, rumblings about black. Uh, not that I overinvest in those types of, of sheet reports, but it, I had seen it out there. But it seems like uh, this came out of nowhere that they just went ahead and decided to uh, to go with the I do's. I'm wondering, you know, if it's more of you know, Vega wants to go ahead and get married, uh, you know, fulfill that dream uh, that that most girls have, you know, thinking that you're you're going to have that person to take care of you the rest of your life, hoping to achieve all that before they force her to get in there and do another spot with Nia Jax. <laughs> or was it a case of she she agreed to this thing because of the effects of the concussion caused by Nia Jax? Oh, that very well could be, too. It'll be interesting to see if uh, Zelina Vega gets uh, shipped over to Monday Night Raw or if Aleister Black comes up on SmackDown. Well, that was one thing uh, immediately... Uh, ben Hamid and Stevie Richards went right to uh, they're going to get offices going to fuck with them over this thing. They are going to be shipped apart. Uh, they're going to be working separate brands. Yep. But I'm not so sure. You know, I know back in the day you heard the stories of how much went on like that. I'm not sure how much that applies anymore. Uh, the last I heard, uh, TJ is still an agent on SmackDown and Natty's been on raw for quite a while. I mean, I, I realize their hearts, so it's a little bit different, but. Well, no, I mean, not, I mean, not just being separated, but I mean, the risk of losing someone over that separation. I mean, I, I don't think the schedule is not as grueling as oh, it is. Gotcha. And you know, it's not kind of the same mentality backstage. It's they're now, it's now more, you know, they're, they're that modern kind of millennial, feel to it you know they're, they're just kicking back playing video games and working out worry about their protein shanks instead of going out hitting the clubs and seeing how many you know shots of whiskey they can throw down valid valid uh rick i i saw this um because of course i i cover nxt here at htmpw pod and uh i i, I saw this next story and I, I i i i'm beside myself i'm i'm just beside myself I don't even know what to say about this. I am just waiting for the glory that is going to be this wrestling match. This may be my most anticipated wrestling match of 2018. I say you still got the file, right? For your match of the year. Oh yeah. It's, it, it's there. It's right there on the desktop, right in front of you, ready to go. When I saw this story, I immediately, I said, I almost want to throw this at the top of the show, but I figured that we would just talk about it for nearly two hours. We get nothing else accomplished here uh, on this week's episode. But yes, believe it, baby. He's been making occasional appearances down there, but it looks like we might get an actual showing on weekly programming. Uh, of course, ladies and gentlemen, I guess we can we can let you know now. We're talking about Tyler Breeze potentially challenging Ricochet for the North American Championship. 
Well, now here's my understanding of how this thing went down inside of Full Sail University. My understanding is Ricochet had thrown out an open challenge. They hit the music. Out came Prince Pretty, full selfie stick, fuzzy vest, fuzzy boots, the whole get up. And Full Sail came unglued. I cannot wait to see this wrestling match. I wish they would send Tyler Breeze back to NXT because I feel like he's far more valuable inside of an NXT context. But I, I'm pretty sure this is just another one of those random one-offs. Well, I know, they're, they're, you know they're, the rumors started flying that they might use this during that next set of te- television tapings. There's a little bit of build heading in to take over Phoenix just to get the champ out there for a little more airtime. But if they would make the move full-time, I'd be all for it. Let Breezy go back. Even, I mean, just to see him in ring, even if he took on that role of the Chris Hero. Absolutely. Absolutely. You would have to get him back some credibility. I mean, when you, when you first put him back down there in NXT, you'd have to push him for maybe six months to, to rebuild his credibility. Yeah, and that's just because of what they've done to him on the red and the blue. Yeah, yeah. Just you give him some wins. Let him get some some meaningful wins, maybe even over somebody like uh, Cassius Ono. And then eventually you turn Tyler heel and he becomes that Miz kind of foil that in the end gets put ends up putting over new babyface talents or talents that are right before they're ready to go to the main roster. And I. When I threw that question out there, I knew what your answer would be, but I want to throw it out there because how many how many times do we see people that sure? Oh, I'm a huge fan. I, I love this individual. Well, then just appreciate them out going out there and doing their job and performing to the best of their ability. And that's that's he'd be perfect in that role. Absolutely, that's what he did. He was the gatekeeper in NXT before he got called up. Good God, how many guys did Tyler Breeze put over before he finally came up to the main roster? It was ridiculous. I mean, good guy. He put over Jushin Liger. For fuck's sake. It's one of my favorite matches ever. Love that shit. Takeover. Oh, man. Speaking of takeover, NXT TakeOver WrestleMania has now been moved back to Friday night. The Hall of Fame will be Saturday. TakeOver will no longer run head-to-head against the ROH New Japan Madison Square Garden Show. Rick, I don't know what to make of this. I, I, I'm completely taken aback by this. I thought for sure that Vince and Hunter would want to run head-to-head against ROH and New Japan and try to bury them as much as they possibly could with just a stellar card at TakeOver. But then I got to thinking, I wonder if they're doing this out of respect for the Garden. After thinking about it, and I think people are overthinking it. I don't think they gave one damn about what Ring of Honor and New Japan were running that night. I don't think they gave one damn about what the Garden had going on. I think more so, it's just a better fit. It's got that better feel with the Hall of Fame. It gives you a break from the wrestling. You've got a you know a damn with the pre-show. You got three hours Saturday night keeping you up awake. Oh and my then you gotta, god! Then you got to turn around on Sunday for seven plus hours. I think I just figured out why. This gives you some kind of a rest period. This is your bathroom break for WWE for the weekend. Nope. I know why. Because the Hall of Fame is going to be a big fucking deal. 
you think Undertaker's going into the Hall of Fame? There you go. I mean, that's another reason to move back there. I mean, if you are going to put the Undertaker into the Hall of Fame, that might be a bigger deal than TakeOver. And where else would you do it other than in New York City? Death Valley? I don't know, but... Well... (laughs) (laughs) Kayfabe, pal! WrestleMania from Parts Unknown? Yeah, right? (laughs) Well, I'm sure that's coming next year from uh, Radia, Saudi Arabia. I really think, you know, it just makes sense. Even if it's Taker or not, I mean, because that is a... You want that that big night, that free night Saturday, all eyes if it is Taker there. But I think it's just a better flow to have the Hall of Fame there because you're shifting gears. And let's even... For most fans, maybe not most, but a decent portion of it, you're so high on NXT, you go in with so low expectations for anything main roster that you've almost given up on it before the, the show even starts. At least this way, you've got over 48, or you got over that 24-hour gap to change your gears, to change your mindset. Valid. Valid. That's a good point. It's a very good point. And it also could come down to travel. It's probably a lot cheaper to move those NXT guys around than it is to bring in people for the Hall of Fame. You could fly people in that Saturday if you wanted, if you didn't need them for other events. It could be for economic purposes, too. Maybe it was at the request of uh, New York City where they were like, hey, we want all the tourists here on Friday, not on Saturday. Yeah, there you go. They saw that the rooms, you know, the way the rooms are being booked, people realize, hey, you know, I'm not going to NXT. I'll just check in and do my Hall of Fame or you know, I, I don't want to, for the vice versa, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, yep. I don't really hear for the Hall of Fame thing. I want to go to the NXT. So I'll, to me, I'll come in on Saturday instead of Thursday. Right. So to me, I think it was just, you know, a lot of, you know, the diehards, the smarks making a, a huge fuss out of something that's not even there. I don't think the MSG show was even on their radar when making this decision. Here's another uh, uh, story that's kind of making its rounds that is kind of worthless so let's go ahead and debunk it here five major names missing from this week's nxt tapings um actually i ladies and gentlemen breaking news this literally just vibrated on my phone the green bay packers have fired mike mccarthy how about that huckleberry all right we'll see we'll see by tuesday on htm sports if the cleveland browns have hired <laughs> in <laughs> there any you capacity go. if they went the Bengals route and just made a special position uh, assistant director <laughs> to the offensive coordinator water boy uh he's dwight assistant. k Schrute's assistant in cleveland yes yes uh five major names missing from this week's nxt tapings lars sullivan Um, well, here's the thing with Lars Sullivan, obviously he's coming to the main roster and so we don't really necessarily need him in NXT anymore, but Rick, I I was really surprised that he defeated Keith Lee. I think that's why, you know, it it kind of flipped that red flag. People were kind of wondering, was he going to pull some double duty? Were they going to hold off to debut him at the rumble? Were they still going to use him in NXT because... Because he just picked up that huge win over Keith Lee, and we all kind of thought that was going to be a little passing of the torch there for the big men. My guess is the next set of tapings, we will see Keith Lee defeat Lars Sullivan. I think they're just building a little bit of a program here. Did you get a chance to watch the match? Uh, I did not. Uh, I was actually, because this next name on here that missed this set of tapings was Keith Lee. I was wondering if maybe there was a, a injury that I was unaware of. That's <laughs> what I'm wondering as well. Or they're going to at least work some kind of an injury angle and have Keith Lee come back and say, 
I want Lars Sullivan. I want another match with Lars Sullivan. I need another match with Lars Sullivan. Well, you, you think too, the way they, they, the way they present a lot of their build, you could do a great vignette program with Keith trying to get to that, to that point. He says, you know what, for me to be the actual monster in NXT, I need to be, I need one more at Lars. And you do that at that next, at that, one, that final taping before, before the takeover. Yeah, which would still give you a couple of weeks to bring Lars up to the main roster before the Royal Rumble, which I assume is the plan, unless they're going to just debut Lars in the Rumble. I mean, we've seen him do that kind of stuff here before, too. But, boy, that'd be a long time to be running vignettes. Um, Velveteen Dream. Uh, my understanding is Velveteen Dream did do some backstage stuff with Tommaso Ciampa. That's my understanding. Yeah, again... Every time you see this was just a hot button name for for the sheets to run with, because after every big takeover, every big match of dream has, oh, he has to get called up. He, he's going to be the next he's the next you know, magnificent superstar in the making wrong again here. People, they know how to tease you. They know how to they're pulling back here a little bit so that less is more so that he can keep progressing the way he is. And the match that they are building to is something that you are all going to want to see i can assure you also missing from this set of tapings is the war raiders uh rick this makes absolute sense to me as well because this week on nxt television which was actually filmed the week before takeover they had brought up that the war raiders are injured coming out of takeover war games and we will get further updates on their conditions in the following weeks You'll see, this is the one of these that I was kind of, I got a little excited. I popped a little. I was like, okay, maybe we're getting a move now. Maybe, maybe they're getting a call up because either of these divisions desperately needs something. Uh, and it could be either of these gentlemen. My God, I'd love to see War Machine come in there and just lay waste to whatever tag team division. I mean, if Good God. The tag divisions are so bad. It wouldn't even be a big event for War Machine to come out and lay out the tag divisions. Unless you do it on SmackDown, I guess, because I guess it has been confirmed for SmackDown that we're going to get the bar versus the Usos versus um, the New, New Day. Day. You know, you could debut War Machine there and have them take out those three teams. But that basically is the SmackDown tag division. Right. I mean, then you don't. Then where do you go? And I know. You know, we've gone around and around with some other people that it's too soon for the AOP and the War Raiders. Nothing is too soon for either of these tag divisions. It needs something, Pronto. something to spark a fire under its ass to pull some interest to what the hell's going on. Still one set of taping scheduled before TakeOver Phoenix and Huckleberry. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Can I tell people about the spoiler? Can I tell them? Can I tell them? We've warned this is a spoiler part of NXT, right? Because hey, I want to know. DIY is back together. DIY, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, they got together and beat up that bastard Aleister Black for Mary and Zelina Vega out from underneath of us. Oh, Rick, how sweet it is to see DIY back together one more time. This is not going to end well, is it? Ooh, okay.
Are you waiting on me? Oh, yeah. I wasn't sure if you froze or not. <laughs> I was just taking it in, man. Uh, so, okay, they're back together. So you were talking about a potential big tag match for TakeOver. Well, I don't think that they're necessarily going to do it at TakeOver. Well, because, I mean, that kind of leaves your championship. Uh, or could we potentially get a, a, a fatal four-way of sorts? Well, I think what you're going to get is I think you're going to have Alistair Black versus Tommaso Ciampa as your championship match at TakeOver. But in the meantime, I'm quite sure that we are going to get Alistair Black and a tag team partner of his choosing against DIY. And that is why we are going to have another set of tapings before takeover. They gave us like, they even gave the live audience this cliffhanger. And then that was it. So I think that will probably be the main event going into that takeover. It'll be Alistair Black versus Tommaso Ciampa. But I do expect that we are going to get the heel DIY reunion before we get that match. All right, then. So the question is, who's Alistair Black's tag team partner going to be? I just kept assuming it was going to be Dream. There you go. Well, I mean, that really wasn't hard to connect the dots right there. But I, when you really think about it, doesn't it make sense? Doesn't it really oh, yeah. make sense? When you think of the story arc of all of these characters, the Velveteen Dream, the beginning of the rise of Velveteen Dream, was the Say My Name program, right? So hold on. So you've got that. You've got – so you do that match on the go-home to take over Phoenix? That's what I – I think that's what I would do. And then at – Take over Phoenix. You do Dream versus Gargano for the number one contendership, and you do Black versus Champa for the NXT Championship. I get behind that. That's where I think we're at. So that's going to wrap things up for this week's show. Thanks for listening, and if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. Um, uh, once again, Rick, I have no clothes here, so I guess you can find the show at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at Hitting the Marks, email us at hittingthemarks at gmail.com, uh, find us on Twitch TV tomorrow at twitch.tv backslash hitting the marks. You can find me across all social media platforms at NotJargo. Rick, where does Alistair Black find you for saying all those terrible, terrible things about Zelina Vega off air? Well, as always, you can find me across all social media platforms at The Real RBV. Uh, as always, I'd like to invite everyone to head on over to Facebook and join us in the Hami Media Discussion Group. Make sure you're visiting our friends at TheGorillaPosition.com. And last word on pro wrestling. And then other than that, just in light, in, like to invite everyone to join us uh, Tuesday, twitch.tv backslash hitting the marks for uh, HTM Sports. HTM Sports, figure out this crazy, crazy college football playoff conundrum. Well, I guess, uh, you know, uh, thank you to everyone for being patient uh, over the delay here. Uh, but we want to make sure that we always get content for, out for everybody. Yep, we do what we can for you people. And uh, that's all that we can do. But for now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya! Crunch your fingers. Label me. I don't give up. 
Violet! 